really excited and expectant for this morning. And uh, did you all enjoy the gathering? <laughs> How was this preach? <laughs> I, I missed it. <laughs> um, I was with the kids last night. I'm going to start with reading this scripture from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn. And to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headrest instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. And then they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and tend their flocks. Foreigners shall be their plowmen and their vine dressers. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. And they will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You'll see the wealth of the nations and their glory. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of your dishonor, you will rejoice, and you shall have everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give to all, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the people, and all who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring that the Lord has blessed. Amen. How much is in there? <laughs> you know, Jesus started the most powerful ministry the world has ever seen, quoting the scripture, saying that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon him and that he has come to proclaim liberty and freedom, to heal and restore and save, open the prison doors so that the captives may go free. And then he healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons and performed signs, wonders and miracles everywhere he went, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. giving proof, proof that what is said was the truth. The kingdom that we cannot see is real indeed. Amen. Now, when <clears throat> many years ago, not that many, well, 13 years ago, this kingdom touched my life in a very powerful way. It changed everything for me. What I do, how I do it, what I live for, where my heart goes when it dreams, what drives me, what motivates me. 
I've never been the same. I've, I've been completely transformed. And many of you have heard the testimony and parts of the testimony, and I'll share a little bit more of that this morning. But just after I got saved, people used to prophesy over me, or some people. I'm making it sound like a lot. I got a prophetic word saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, for the Lord has anointed you to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, basically the scripture. Amen. And, you know, getting a good word is amazing. But what's more amazing for me is actually living in that word. Seeing the evidence that the invisible God of heaven is speaking something over your life. And you see the evidence of that promise being fulfilled. Amen. Who of you have powerful prophetic words? Show me. Who of you are walking in them? I see one in the back. Amen. Hallelujah. Do it again, Lord. Last night I had the, the opportunity to go and uh, spend some time with the kids church uh, team and they were just telling the kids about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit and talking about his gifts and <clears throat> I was given an invitation to go and you know be part of that so in a very basic way I told them that when Jesus was walking around on the earth the parents would bring the children to him and say, here, lay your hands on our children and bless them. And like the experienced and elite and the disciples with position said, no, 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 take the kids away here. And Jesus rebuked them and said, no, let the kids come. And he prayed for every single one of them and laid his hand on them and blessed them. Amen. It happened over 2,000 years ago. I shared that scripture last night, and I said to them, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit is really here with us. And Jesus said, let all the children come to him, and he will bless them. And this is what's going to happen. We are going to pray for you, and God is going to pour out his power in this place, and you are going to receive gifts. Amen. Just like that. This morning I got a few WhatsApps because you can see a meeting and you can think this is what God is going to do or that's what God is doing and this is what it's going to look like. And it might not look like you think. Your expectation might be different to what you actually experience. So even last night I went home and like I saw the Lord touch a few um, people there, um, and as we were driving home, my heart was like, Lord, I was expecting so much more. Surely, God, there was more than that. And uh, I remember Ava was sitting in the back seat, and Joanne asked her, Ava, what's wrong? And I turned around to look, and tears were running down her face. And Joanne asked her, Ava, why are you sad? And she said, I'm not sad. These are happy tears. So somehow my daughter, who's five years old, just in the midst of all the activity and games and songs and everything, 
somehow experienced God. And she was weeping in the car on the way home. I got a few WhatsApps this morning. While praying for two kids to get tongues, they both started praying in tongues. God is so faithful. I prayed for a girl to receive the gift of healing, and then immediately she went and started praying for her friends to be healed. I walked up to a little girl and was led to ask if she believed in Jesus, and she gave her life to Jesus immediately. I prayed for four boys and a girl, and all of them started speaking in tongues. One young man broke into tears when I prayed for him for the gift of evangelism. I was so encouraged by all the kids. Man, just evidence. I started telling testimonies of some of the things that I saw or have seen in my life. And hands went up. Oh, yo, my arm was broken, and so I had a cast, and then I fell down the slide again, and it broke again. So on the way to the hospital, my grandmother prayed for me, and the bone got healed. And then another one, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, my mommy had a friend who was a drunk, and then she died, and she went to heaven, and Jesus said to her, it's not your time, and she came back with a changed life. It's evidence of God. You know, I, the Lord uses me in evangelism sometimes where I have to speak to people on the street. And then you don't have time to sugarcoat things or do a long introduction. So it's usually, hi, my name is Martin. What is your name? Do you believe in God? That's how I engage people. Because most of the world believes in God or the existence of a God. But you have to define who that God is. So if they tell me, I believe in God, then I say, who is your God? Who is your God? Who do you serve? And if I don't hear the name of Jesus out of that mouth, then I know I'm dealing with somebody that doesn't know God. They may have an intellectual idea, believe in the existence of a creator. But that's not the same of knowing God. I've come here to proclaim one to you this morning. I want to reveal him. A few weeks ago, I had a prophetic word here. Uh, it was a time of response. We're responding to the Lord. There's a word and then we respond. Sometimes we don't respond. doesn't matter how powerful the word or how accurate it is. The word was this. There are many people sitting here. And there are areas of our lives that are broken, unredeemed, and unrestored. And God is calling for a response, but we do not even respond because we just accept Him. Amen? Are we going to raise hands or not? Can you please put that uh, picture up? Many people are scared of me. <laughs> and I realized recently why. I stopped smiling years ago. I'm being very serious now. So if you have thought I'm intense or scary, I realized I got broken in life. See there, that I was in my mid-twenties. I believed I was full of light, but I was full of darkness. 
There I was drunk and under the influence of cocaine. I lived like that for many years. My friends used to call me pure joy because I was always happy. But the devil had me in his grip. And he doesn't play games. When he's done with you, there's nothing left. You are broken. And I came into the kingdom like that. I realized recently people find me scary because I do not smile at them enough. You can take that off. Amen. I've been a Christian for 13 years. I'm an elder. I've seen God's power work through my life. But yet there's an area of me that's still broken. Amen. It's preventing God from really reflecting himself through my life. (laughs) I'm more scary now because I smile at everybody I see. (laughs) And I think, what's going on with this guy? Let me have a sip. If you really know God, if you really encounter him, things change. You do not stay the same. Exodus 33. Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, far from the rest. He called it the tent of meeting. Everyone who sought the Lord would go to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. So people go to church. But whenever Moses went, the cloud came down. So a place where many people went, one man went, but actually met with God. And when the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his door. And the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua would stay there. He was hungry for God. And the Lord spoke with Moses and he said, You know, bring up my people from this place. And I know you by name and you have found favor in my sight. Now therefore, Moses said, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you and be able to walk in your ways. Moses wanted to know God. He wanted to encounter him. He wanted to understand how it works. How to walk with him. Show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. You know, do we even care what God thinks, what he says, what he requires? And the Lord said to him, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us from here. Amen. Is his presence in your life? And are you receiving his rest? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And Moses said to him, Show me your glory. How many of us have gone to God like that and saying, Lord, 
there's more for me than what I've experienced, than what I have seen, than what I've encountered. Please show me your glory. Yeah, Lord, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will overwhelm us, God, that you will surprise us, God, with the revelation of who you are, Lord, that you will reveal yourself, Lord. Father, I want to pray for meeting with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The Lord said to Moses, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy, but you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock while my glory passes by you, and I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. (laughs) So the Lord puts him on the rock. And hides him there and passes by and proclaims his name, the Lord, the Lord, gracious and merciful. And when Moses came down the mountain, his face looked like a torch. (laughs) When Moses came down with the tablets in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. And Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them and talked with them and told him all that the Lord had spoken. And then he covered his face with a veil. Amen. I don't believe that the shining face was meant to just scare people. I believe it is a sign. It was pointing forward to something much greater that we can live in right now. Amen. Who's ever sat next to a campfire in the middle of winter? Your back can be icy cold. But as you sit next to that fire, you feel that energy being released. Amen. As the fuel burns, that flame, that gas, it releases light. It releases power. It releases energy. And it has a physical effect upon you. Your clothes warm up. Your skin gets warm. There's an impartation of that heat upon you. It's also how we bry the meat. Or the mushrooms with garlic and butter. (laughs) Rian, I love my leader. He, uh, he, He created a culture of Friday morning donuts and then he turned vegan. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he changed some things for the Lord. Now we eat bananas. I love you, man. It's pointing forward to something powerful. Amen. It's pointing forward to what we can live in because of who Jesus is. And yet, many of us 
myself included, have areas of our lives that are still broken, that are still unrestored, that are still unredeemed, that are still not under God's rule. 2 Corinthians 3. You yourselves are a letter written (coughs) by God. You're a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. And such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. We are weak. We don't know how. We are broken. All of these things. But God has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of a letter that kills, but of a spirit. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death that came in letters carved in stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the spirit have more glory? For if there was glory in a ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all. Because of the glory that surpasses it, right here, right now, this morning, here in this place. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who had put the veil over his face so that the Israelites may not gaze on the outcome of what was being brought to end. But their minds were hardened to this day. And yes, on this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over our hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, remember all the prophetic words coming this morning, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Hallelujah. I wish there was like a a button where you can just deactivate the thirst, you know, for the important moments. We have talked a lot about church in the last while and about maturity and about God. The Lord really is after us to grow and mature in Him. Maturity, I just took a few notes. It means devotion to God. I mean, people devoted to God and to His church. Maturity means passionate worshipers, zealous for the Lord. Maturity means generosity in serving, in giving, in blessing. Maturity means accountability. 
sharing our lives, being honest with each other. Maturity means awareness of Jesus here this morning in our midst. What he is saying, what he is doing, what he is asking, what he is revealing. Maturity is being holy, holy. Holy is. Does it resonate? (laughs) What about our freedom? What about wholeness? What about the restoration of our lives? What about those broken things that are always just there that we just kind of push away or ignore, wish away? You know that Paul said, when you gather together in the name of the Lord, the power of Jesus is there. And so that's why we can tell the kids about the Holy Spirit and Jesus and then see evidence of His gifts and the outpouring of His presence. But yet it's not automatic. We, are, we, we come to the meetings and we gather in His name and we come forward in worship. But there's a progressive walk with the Lord where we can be Christians for years and still be broken and in pain and in shame and in loss and despair and anxiety and depression and a whole host of things. I don't believe that Jesus wants us to stay in those places. Amen. I believe that He is a healer, a restorer, a deliverer, a savior. That He can change anything in a moment. That He wants to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and despair. And anxiety and fear. You know, one of the, the, the verses that we learn or get taught right in the beginning is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, you know. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in fresh and tender green pastures. And he leads me beside still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life and my soul and myself. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. So Jesus comes and he saves us and he heals us and he speaks to us and he tries to lead us out of places, out of those places. I think some of the words that came this morning, there are things that we do and don't do that prevent us from actually walking in the things of God or the healing of God or the restoration of God. 
and the Lord, He wants to lead, lead us to those places. Amen. Fill this place, Lord. Fill, fill, fill this place. Fill this place with your power. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit, I pray. You know, I stopped, I stopped smiling because the devil took that smile from me. I used to laugh and smile and be called pure joy because I was full of drugs and full of alcohol and full of darkness. That big smile that you saw there, that's a counterfeit thing. When I talk about these things, about healing and deliverance and salvation and restoration, I'm talking from first-hand experience. I've experienced the evil that's in the world. I've experienced pain and loss and trauma and hardship. I know what it is to be molested as a young boy. I know what it is to be exposed to pornography and drugs and alcohol and cigarettes. I know what it's like to come from a broken home and have a father that's always detached, always angry, nothing is ever good enough. I know what it is to lose everything that you have worked for and see the devil destroy your whole life. I know what it's like to be full of darkness and you think you're good and you think you're right and you think you're enlightened and think you're on the right path, but you're deceived and bound in chains and broken and lost and hopeless and destroyed. I know what it's like to have a whole family that smokes and drinks and are all divorced. Okay. If I weigh up the evidence, there's no hope for me to have a happy life. I have every excuse to be mean and cruel and evil and unfaithful and detached and horrible. I've got every excuse. I've seen a lot, experienced a lot. I can identify with every person sitting here who has suffered evil and pain and loss. I promise you. And uh, my beautiful wife, Joanne, give a wave there. I'll lighten it up a little bit. The Lord was good to me. He sent me a wife eventually. <laughs> she turned 40 on the 22nd of August this year and it was an extremely busy few weeks and an extremely uh, busy day specifically for me and um, we managed to pull off a surprise birthday party here in the bride room for her and I went and bought burger buns and I, uh, or patties first. And then I was on my way to Food Lovers to pick up the buns. And um, I, I always listen to uh, music on Apple, iTunes. So if I get in my car, it just streams and plays random continuous playlist. And as I'm driving... Um, Towards Food Lovers Market, suddenly a song starts playing that I've never heard. And the lyric is this. 
Let my eyes see nothing. Let my eyes see nothing but your glory, my Lord. And let my heart not wander. Let my heart not wander from your mercy, my Lord. And the Holy Spirit hit me in the car. Suddenly, unexpectedly. And the tears just pour down my face. Because I realized who Jesus was. And what Jesus has done for me. So many things that Jesus has done. Despite everything that's happened. Despite everything that I've done. Despite every failure and every sin and my shame and my weakness and all of those things. Jesus has taken my life and he's changed me. And yet there are still parts maybe that I'm not perfect and where I miss it and I don't respond correctly and I don't react well and I can do better and I can grow. Yet I believe in one that is able. He's able to take me even from where I am right now and change me and heal me and restore me. Last scripture, Luke 6. You know, what was Jesus really like? They make movies about him where he sits there in tents, you know. Blessed are you, the poor. <laughs> and all the, all the dirty peasants sit there. <laughs> Looking with hope. <laughs> You know, before, before he preached the Sermon on the Mount, it says this, And he came down with them, and he stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from Judea and Jerusalem and Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits with cure, and all the crowd... All, every single one, tried to touch him because power came out of him, healing them all. And then he said, blessed are you, poor in spirit. Amen. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. Maybe we can have the worship team or somebody to just play something. Maybe we can just stand. And I hand it over to Ria now. But some of us are broken here and need to be bound up. Some of us need to turn away from some things. Some of us need to grab hold and some of us need to let go. <laughs> Amen. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will fill this time with your presence, Lord. Fill this time. I want to pray, Lord, that you would speak to every single one of us here, Lord. That you would meet, Lord, with every one of us here. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray, Lord, that you will show us Show us, Lord, show us the, the parts of our lives that you want to touch, 
Show us the parts of our lives that you want to change, God. And I want to say, Lord, that we are weak and we are weary and we don't know how and we don't always understand, Lord. But I want to, I want to pray that we would just be able to follow your leading, God. And that you would take hold of our lives and lead us to the places of peace and healing and restoration and gladness and joy and freedom and wholeness and breakthrough, Lord. I felt the Lord say that some need to give up some illegitimate little attachments or friendships. Some of us have to actually put the alcohol down. We know this and we felt it and maybe some people have mentioned it, but power of the Holy Spirit come and fill this place Lord come and bear witness here come and bear witness here Lord come and bear witness here I want to tell you that 13 years ago I found myself in a service like this and I was broken and lost and deceived and thought I knew about church and knew about God and I didn't know anything at all and somehow in that moment I put my hand up in a time like this and responded and somebody said to me you have to give your life to Jesus and I didn't even know what it meant and I said well pray like this oh Lord Jesus forgive me for my sins and when I prayed that prayer the presence of God came into my life and saved me Every moment after that is evidence of that salvation. I want to give an opportunity this morning. There's somebody like that that doesn't know God, that doesn't know Jesus. He's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. You do not have forgiveness. You do not have peace. You do not know Him. You do not serve Him. But you want to something that I've been speaking about this morning is resonating and you know God is speaking to you. God is saying to you now, now is the time. Now is the time to just to give up that fight to say yes Lord, okay, I'll follow you. So if you want to serve Jesus, if you want to receive Him, if you want to meet the God that I've been talking about, I want you to be very brave right now and just put up your hand so I can see you. Thank you, Lord. Come to the front. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just 
Jesus says, if you confess me with your mouth, I will confess you before the Father. And even as he responds, maybe some leaders can just pray. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else?